When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Elm Park Royals Preview Podcast. Um, it's going to be New Year's Day, it's going to be 2024, our first game of 24 when we come and play Exeter. I don't think any Reading fan will want to see 2023 again, hopefully 24 brings a lot better moments but we are playing Exeter City on uh, Monday I nearly said Saturday but it is Monday and to preview Exeter we have got Tom from Park Life the Exeter City podcast how are you doing yeah very well thank you Matt um, things looking a little bit more positive at St James Park at the moment so um, yeah I'm looking forward to this game and uh, I know things are a little bit more positive for, for Reading at the moment so uh, we'll see it should be a, a good game Yes, things are quite a lot different from when we spoke to you earlier in the season. I think both of us had a bit of an air of positivity and kind of um, anticipation for the season ahead. Obviously, we played you back. Uh, it was, I think, 26th of August. Seems a year ago, to be honest, when we played you. But you guys came out 2-1 winners. It was a real game of two halves. That I remember watching it and Exeter were fantastic in that first half we were better in the second half. It was a game that could have gone either way, but Amerson got the goal for you in the first half and Reese Cole got an absolute screamer for you that game to win it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, great game, it was. And um, yeah, I think you, you summed it up quite nicely. There was a real sense of optimism uh, around the park at, at that sort of time. Uh, you know, near about that time, beating Burton, Carlisle away from home then getting that result against you lot. And we thought, well, I mean, top of the league, how high can we finish? I remember there was a, there was a brief period where I sort of, uh, I wouldn't say ridiculed, but I, I maybe took a little nudge at Gab Sutton, who predicted us to finish 16th <laughs> this season. And I said, well, is that all? Um, yeah, maybe that's a position that we might, we might take now. But uh, yeah, things are a little bit different to say the least. But from our perspective, uh, after the, the barren run of what 13, 14, 15 games ish um, without a win. Finally, we got one against Wickham. And uh, I mean, I know things are looking a little bit more positive for, for running as well. So things are really starting to heat up at the at the bottom of League One. Yeah, we well, mentioned it. It was, I think, uh, the last win or before that run kicked in was Cheltenham. Cheltenham away. Uh, at home, sorry, on the 16th of September. You were, in fact, top then after eight games. Um, you know, things were looking up. But then there was a pesky little EFL Cup tie, which I think blew every Reading fan away. Um, and maybe Exeter fans as well. Maybe no one remembers it because it was probably each team. That, well, <laughs> Exeter played academy players and we played a lot of our teams academy players at the moment. But kind of um, what was left of the under-23s then. Um, do you remember much of that 9-0? Um, look, I mean, I think it's best to forget it, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, it never happened. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, 
the the what they call it the select car lease oh no what is it the bristol street motors bristol um, street motors trophy. trophy now isn't it mm. um no i think our campaign in that tournament wasn't wasn't the best i mean we ended up beating swindon towards towards the end of it but oh, every reading fan the... that'll be music to their ears <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean the defeats to, to reading and and arsenal were were not great uh, to say the least um, but to be honest, I, I'm not really sure if that was a competition that we were really looking at with with any sort of drive to, to enter the, the latter stages. If it, if it comes to it, you know, great. Um, it's one of those that can be a welcome distraction if you're if you're playing badly. It can kick a few into form, give some opportunities to maybe some younger players, some fringe players as well. But it, I don't think it was, it certainly wasn't our priority this year. It was certainly the league and staying in, in in League yeah. One is is the priority mm. at the moment. No, it, it certainly gave Reading fans a bit of a welcome relief. Um, all, all the cup competitions, to be honest, as well, because the FA Cup prior to um, obviously Eastleigh away was quite fun as well. But um, but yeah, kind of before we dive into the dip, there was kind of I guess one big factor that's probably actually maybe not been prime and main factor as to why you know you guys have dropped off a bit. But that was Sam Nombe. We talked about him in the preview previously um before we played you guys that actually turned out to be his last game um for you guys i think you mentioned it to me after that he might be leaving and i thought oh yeah. no i've not i've not <laughs> preempted something there was brilliant for you last last season but just not quite found the replacement really for him yeah well i, I suppose that that's that's probably a, a fair comment i think before that before the reading game earlier this season at home um I don't know. Maybe I was almost surprised that he he made it to to that game, um, but look, I mean, I, I think there was, there was talk about Sam leaving throughout the summer, and when he eventually did, I don't think it was any real surprise. We got a hell of a lot of money for him, uh, so it was a difficult one to turn down. Maybe we we could have prepared a little bit better by by bringing in a, a striker, and I think that that's something that the, the board has sort of admitted, and we're gonna. You know the club are going to provide that uh, Gary Caldwell the the funds in in January. That's that's something that they've made quite clear. Look, at the moment, we've got Sonny Cox up top, who's returned from a loan spell at Yeovil, and he's been absolutely fantastic since returning. And um, before, I'm sure that he would probably admit that I don't I don't think he was quite ready for League One football. But since his loan spell at Yeovil, went away, scored a few goals, he's come back. And what a player he's become! Um, obviously, scored the the winning goal against Wickham and uh, had a good game against against Pompey as well. He's young as well, isn't he? I think he's only 19, 20? 19. 19. Yeah, 19. Yeah. He's yeah, he's some player. Um, he started coming through the ranks a few years ago. Um, we really started to notice him when we won um, a sort of national or a southwest. I can't remember what it was. A youth cup, anyway. Um, I think we played crew in the final to cut up in southwest um but i all i know is that from that moment everyone was really starting to to get a bit of hype about him uh he started to come into the the first team scored in a game against oxford last season um in a little cameo and then eventually went on loan to bath scored some goals there came back didn't really have the impact we thought he might went away to yeovil and i mean i've already said it but he he looks fantastic so uh i, th I expect him to start against uh, against Reading on New Year's Day and uh, I'd expect him to provide a bit of a threat as well. Mm -hmm. Well, another player um, that kind of has 
no doubt contributed to the dip off in form is that of uh Dimitri Mitchell um I think it was his first game when he played when he played against us earlier in the season came through the Manchester United Youth Academy um and again he was one of the players that I remember from from that day being fantastic on I think it was uh, your your left hand side I think he plays mostly or played but sadly did his cruciate ligament injury kind of halfway through this barren run um or X's barren run back at the end of October how much of a miss probably is he being because I think he's your second highest goal scorer and still <laughs> highest in assists with three well I mean if you look at I think our top goal scorer now I, I believe it's still Ryan Trevitt um yes. and he's out yeah, with three. as well so <laughs> Look, I mean, our, our, a few of our goal scorers are, are are out at the moment. Trevor, we're not sure how long he'll be out for. It looks pretty extended, to be honest. Whether he'll come back uh, for the second half of the season, we're still unsure. Uh, so hopefully he does, because he's a you know a brilliant talent at, at this level, and he's got a brilliant future ahead of him. And the same can be said for for Demi, maybe a little bit older than than Trev, but Dimitri Mitchell has been fantastic. He arrived uh, as one of Gary's first signings back in in January uh, played the latter half of uh, of last season and then he started brilliantly this season um, certainly was our best player or one of our best players when he was fit this year scored against Luton uh, so he'll certainly be remembered um, for that we probably won't see him for the rest of the season I think Demi's kind of admitted that himself. Um, whether we'll see him again in the next City shirt, I'm not sure. I hope we, I hope we will. Um, but it's certain to say that he's been a big miss. We do have replacements on the on those on both the left hand side and the right hand side. Imi Niskanen, Finnish international, he's been great. Uh, Dion Rankin from Chelsea, he's come back from his injury and he's looked really good as well. Got that assist for Yannick Vilshut away at Stevenage uh, and to look pretty good uh, against Pompey and, and Wickham as well. So the Demi, a brilliant player. We've tried to replace him the best we can with players that we've got. It, it might be a position that we look to strengthen in January, which is now only a few days away. So you can't help but feel that, you know, those players that are injured uh, and the players that maybe we didn't start to find replacements for as a result of players leaving in the, in the summer the January transfer window is going to be huge uh, for trying to strengthen the the squad and replace some of those players. Hearing the names of uh, Nis, Nis, Niskanen and um, uh, right, Ran, Rankin, it's hard to say those yeah. both yeah. both together. <laughs> that sends shivers down my spine because I remember they were fantastic against us. They they really gave Carson, bless him, a really tough time um, down, down down your right hand side there, um, our left. It was, um, yeah, that was a tough first half for Carson. Um Let's just dip into maybe the bit of the elephant in the room. It might be the the unhappy phase, really, of uh, Exeter's season this um, this year. The period between Cheltenham um, and kind of as we stand today, 15 games, only one win, four goals scored, 29 conceded. What happened in this run? Because... It's it's numbers wise, it's quite astonishing when you look at it. And kind of Gary Coldwell still got a lot of support really amongst extra fans, maybe under pressure. What's kind of the feeling really around that? I, I think Gary would probably admit that he he's. I'm not sure if he's necessarily felt under pressure. You know, Extra City are a club that pride itself on uh, doing things the right way. 
you know, and, and take that how you will. But one of the things that we like to do is if, is give managers a, an awful lot of time. You know, look at Paul Tisdale, who he had for many, many, many years, and then followed by Matt Taylor, who was at the club for you know three or four years. We're not a club who likes to sack managers. In fact, the supporters' trust who own the club have never sacked a manager, and that is something that I think is pretty unique for for Exeter City so it's not really something we've we've ever done before uh, getting rid of, of of a manager and it's not to say that we couldn't do it I mean uh, Nick Hawker uh, the chair has, has said openly that um, you know we have the funds to do it if, if we so wanted to but I guess that you know I, I from what I've seen I think that Gary is a is a coach who hasn't lost the dressing room I think that's pretty clear the second half against Stevenage um, to come back from one goal down and down to 10 men to draw against the side third in the league. I mean, don't tell me that the players weren't playing for the manager because I tell you what, they certainly were. Uh, look, I, I think Gary is is a very capable manager at this level. Uh, look, he certainly had his, had his critics during that run, but the win against Wickham was so huge. I, I think that he... He got an awful lot more of, of that support back, I, I guess, after that win. Mm. And then the, the draw against against Pompey as well, and, and even the draw mm. against Stevenage. These are great results um, for a team that were really struggling for results. Um, so I, I guess that that's the that's the picture with regard to, to Gary. Um, how did it? How did the run happen? I think it started with a few key injuries, and then once you slip into a poor run of form. It is very difficult to get that confidence back. And we needed something to go our way. Defeats to Fleetwood away. I think it was 3-0. Port Vale, we lost to at home. Um, Cambridge away. These are sides that uh, we would probably want to to be beating, if if we're being totally honest. But then when Wickham came to town on Boxing Day, a side that were struggling pretty much as badly as we were, we were very aware of how big of a result it would or big of a game it would be and how much we needed a result and we got it uh and I, you know I, it's it's difficult to put into words how big that will be for the season because the confidence is is back and uh that can only be good yeah well it's 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 a little bit like um reading because we got our first away win at wickham um back at the end of november and since then we've gone four games now unbeaten we hadn't won well we i think we were on 12 13 games losses in a row and we hadn't won since i think it was 378 days or so over a year we hadn't won away from home we won that game and that's now kind of given us maybe a little bit more impetus away from home. You know, we've got to draw away at Peterborough, but it's kind of, I guess, done the same or might end up doing the same for you. Um, we've talked about, I guess, you know, that bad run. The good element of that has been, though, the last four games you mentioned, you know, the draw against Stevenage, um, 1-1 coming from behind. Yes, there was a loss away at Cambridge in that, but then wins against Exeter um, and Portsmouth. One thing, though, that has solidified is your defence because that was a big problem you know, across that run, you know, whenever you concede, you know, 29 in 15 games, that's going to be an issue. But when you kind of look at the past four games, only conceding three in four, has there been any defensive changes? Um, by the looks of it, you're still sticking with, you know, the likes of Sweeney, Amerson, um, uh, Hartridge, as well as that Jules as well in there. Um, has there been any big changes on that side? 
a huge change, an absolutely huge change, and that is the reintroduction of Czech Diabate in the centre mm. of defence. We've moved to a back four, which has been really important. It feels like that's a system that suits Czech incredibly well. He's been playing alongside Alex Hartridge in the centre. Will Ameson's moved to a right-back position, which we haven't really seen him play at all in his time at the club, but he's really impressed when, since he's been in that position. And then Zach Jules playing playing on the left. Czech Diabate has been absolutely unbelievable. Steven Nijaway was the probably the best I've seen him play. Um, he really... Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's difficult to explain, but the the mentality that he brought for that second half really spurred on the whole team uh aerially brilliant and uh I, I think he's he's shown that in in all four of the games that we've we've played so far um well the four most recent games was he out injured say. then before or uh yeah so he was he mm. was injured for a considerable period of time and then it was always going to be difficult to break his way back into the team, especially with the team doing pretty well um, at the start of the season. Ameson, Hartridge, Sweeney, that was kind of just the standard back three. For Czech to break in was always going to be tough. And he even played some games at centre forward, which is not something we expected at all. But the reality was that the strikers that we had just just weren't scoring and we needed to shake things up slightly. Czech Diabate up top was a brave move from Gary. Didn't that really sounds one of those off. weird? It sounds one of those weird dystopian universe kind of concepts. Putting a <laughs> defender up front. I remember. Yeah. I think local our local radio said a few years ago to put put one of our defenders up top so you could just lump yeah. it up to him and he can win a header. That's, yeah. It's an interest. It's brave, like you say. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason behind it was was that Czech is so good in the air. He he mm. will win nearly every header that's put into him. We thought that with a good amount of crosses from players who can put in a good ball, Dion and, and I mean, Niskanen both can cross the ball very well. Uh, Ryan Trevitt as well can put a decent ball in. We thought that maybe that would be a good option to have somebody who can head the ball um, very well. Reality was, uh, he, he just, he didn't really have the, the positioning. He, he's not a striker. wasn't a centre you know, forward. You can't, <laughs> you, can't, you can't expect him. You know, no, exactly. You can't expect mm. him to be... Um, you know the the best striker when when that's not his position. Yeah. He's come back to centre back and he has been unbelievable. Our best player over the past four games, without a without a doubt. Um, and he's certainly helped by, in my opinion, one of the best goalkeepers in the league, uh, Vujami Sinisalo, who's just right behind him uh, and uh, mopping up anything that does manage to get through. And he's all he's certainly very good at that. Two clean sheets in our last three games, which is unbelievable. Yeah, or two and two, you know, two, two and two when you look at the last oh, yeah, two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, you don't, don't need to mention the loss at Cambridge. <laughs> yes, no, sorry, um, yeah, my bad, uh, but, two and two. But, but, yeah, but no, he's been fantastic. And, um, I mean, well, the, the fans, I think, are still behind the team because I think that's only that's shown by, you know, so was all, I think it was two sellouts on uh, uh, on the bounce, mm-hmm. I think, against um, Wickham and Portsmouth, yes, over the Christmas yep. period, mm-hmm. but still very much behind the manager, which is obviously good for you guys. You mentioned Ryan Trevitt now injured. One person that stepped up in midfield, though, as well, is Tom Carroll. Um, mm-hmm. How's he been doing of late? Is he kind of now really taken on that that Trevitt role that he had kind of earlier in the season of being that midfield dictator? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, Tom Carroll, I mean, he, big name, of course, played for Spurs, Swansea. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's played at the highest level, really. Um, he He's played a, an interesting role um, 
for us this season. I think sometimes he he gets a little bit of criticism because he's in that role where his main job is to is to pass sideways, I guess. He's not somebody who's going to find the, the killer pass uh, behind the lines. That's something that Ryan Trevitt can do really well. It's something that Reese Cole can, can do very well. Um, Tom Carroll is not, is not really your guy for that. He, he What he does is... His pass completion rate is is excellent. He's uh, excellent. At, he's a he's a visionary, I guess. Is is probably not the right word for it. But he's he's very good at seeing potential openings uh, and dictating play. So that's kind of Tom Carroll's role. It's nothing fancy, um, but he, he certainly does the job in midfield. And uh, he kind of has those midfield partners, Trevitt, Rhys Cole, whoever it might be, Carl Taylor, to do. Um, some of the more creative work, I guess. Um, but Tom's an excellent uh, sort of dictator in in the middle of the park. If you could pick one one player, then I think earlier in the season you picked um, Ryan Trevitt as your player to, mm. to to watch this weekend. Who would you probably be picking from this extra team? That's a really tricky one. Uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on Sonny Cox, so I'm not going to say Sonny, uh, even though you know, keep an eye out for him. Um, I am going to say Dion Rankin. Um, he's looked mm-hmm. really good recently. Uh, the assist against Stevenage was something that we wanted to see more of. Um, and he looks bright against against Pompey as well. Emin Iskinen, another player who can definitely cause um, some big problems. Um, and of course, I, I mean, the, in defence, Czech Diabate, you're going to struggle to get past him, I think, if, if we're being totally honest. So if you want somebody from an offensive point of view, then I'd probably look at Dion Rankin. Uh, in defence, though, uh, Czech Diabate is is certainly the man who who will, who will definitely cause a little bit of frustration for for Reading fans. I hope. Well, we will we will see. One thing that is is certain: it's twentieth v twenty first. A Reading win takes Reading out of the relegation zone, puts Exeter into it. Um, what is going to be your score prediction for this, Tom? A, a win, needless to say, a win for either team is massive. Probably more of a must not lose for you guys, I would say, probably. But what are you what are you going to be predicting? The result against Portsmouth was huge. It kept the momentum. We're now off the back of a win, a draw, and I don't see us losing. Um, you know, could be cocky, but I I think that we've we've definitely seen a change since that since that Wickham game. So I'm gonna go for a win. Uh almost rare that I do it, but um that I, I do think we've got the quality, the confidence is back. So I'm going to go for a, uh, a 2-1 win. Just nick it. Um, let's go for a Reese Cole goal. Hopefully again. not in the 93rd <laughs> or whatever it was minute again. I can't, I can't be doing that again, no. <laughs> um, oh, could I actually... <sighs> God. I said a few weeks ago, to be fair, I, like, I've been very fair with predictions and and predicted Reading to be losing pretty much every game, seemingly the last 20 games. Um, I'm going to start 2024 off with a win. Um, no logic behind it. No logic. Um, I might go for... No, no, I can't go for two. No, we don't keep clean sheets. Um, two, one. We do. I'm going to go boring. Oh, well, that's not a good combination. <laughs> um, I'm going to go two, one as well. Two, one. I, ca- I can't. I can't start. I can't start the new year on a on on a loss. That's um, yeah. I'll, I'll probably rescind that 
at 301 <laughs> on on on, uh, on monday but we will see but um but anyway tom thank you so much obviously for joining us again great catching up with you and obviously seeing what's uh been going on in the world of exeter city um since we last played you um are you coming to the game on monday I can't, unfortunately. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna be there. I was there for the the Pompey game, um, but can't make, quite make it to uh, to Reading. I would have been there. I'm at home at the moment, so it's a little bit of a, a bit of distance. Um, but yeah, uh, I'll certainly be supporting the boys uh, from home. Absolutely. Is there going to be many many extra fans? That going to be going to be a good good yep. good away we, end. We yeah. sold we sold twelve hundred already. So um, big numbers for very good showing. Day. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, have a fantastic um, New Year celebration, whatever you're doing, Tom. Um, best of luck for the rest of the season as well. Um, hopefully you guys can, can, can claw your way out, out of that relegation scrap. Um, and uh, yeah, we can hopefully be playing each other, hopefully not in League Two next year, but hopefully in League One. So we'll we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, but everyone, thank you so much, obviously, for listening to the EPR podcast. This is, of course, our last podcast of 2023. Hopefully 24, we'll be able to bring you some more upbeat podcasts but we will have to wait and see on that one sadly we don't dictate how how we how we can uh review losses it's not normally you can um paper over those losses but yeah thank you very much everyone for for listening if you have enjoyed the podcast this year of course remember to give us a five star rating on your podcast of choice um remember to like all of our socials to keep up to date as well with the latest epr goings ons um and with that I'm going to sign off for the year. I've um, probably bored you guys to death this year with the previews, but I hope everyone has enjoyed them. Um, I've been Matt Lansley. This is the Elm Park Rolls preview podcast, and we'll catch you on the next one.